Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we have something special this evening, a recording. Jolly Roger. Welcome aboard Jolly Roger's Jazz as we prepare to travel the worldwide waves. We're searching for the coolest, funkiest jazz vibes around. So hoist sails, weigh the anchor, and prepare to treat your senses to these scintillating sensations. One of the things that I love about being a radio presenter is that I regularly get to chat with really gifted musicians, but it's very rarely that I get the opportunity to talk to somebody who has been one of my musical heroes, as such a person is Jan Ackerman, who in 1973 was voted by Melody Maker readers the number one world's greatest guitarist. Let's listen to him now.
Hey, Roger. Hi, Jan. Thanks for allowing us this time today. I was certainly a very big fan. Can you tell me, please, what kind of music did you grow up listening to? What did, say, your parents or your older siblings play when you were a child? Well, it's pretty various. Born and raised with a typical Amsterdam French chanson type of folk music. Why my old man was a spread trader and he used to hang around a lot in the gypsy camps in, in, in Amsterdam, around Amsterdam. He had a scrapyard right in the middle of Amsterdam. It's called Waterloo Square or Waterloo And I lived in that area, just uh, around the red light district, uh, which is pretty famous. In. All right. So there was a lot of influences, a lot of blues coming from those bars. The Night Losers are a wonderful band that produced some really fine work by blending Romanian folk music with blues. Let's listen now to The Little City Woman. Oh, 
so that's influenced me a lot, like gypsy music, or yes. you, you name it. No. Right. Uh, a lot of accordion music. I play the accordion as well. Right. And, well, you name it. <laughs> Very broad. Uh-huh. Not one particular thing. I still don't like to listen to one particular thing or belong to one particular scene or group. It uh, has something to do with uh, personal freedom, I think. Of course, yes. Can you tell me some of the earliest influences on your music? Obviously, that was folk music, like you would have uh, in the 60s, you know, Lonnie Donnegan. Uh-huh. But also, as I said, blues and accordion music, especially... Even tango music. My grandmother used to listen to that a lot. Right. Can you think of one musician who has been a big influence and perhaps tell us something that, that you've learned from him or her? Ah, I was watching TV one night with my, with my old man and there was a Dutch guy who was married to some Italian princess or I don't know. She was very fam- uh, rich and she gave him a Kretsch White Falcon for his birthday. In the 50s, I think it was. All right. And I always remembered that, that picture, as well as the Tillman brothers from Holland, the Indonesian guys played in the 70s at the Expo in Brussels. It's the first time I saw a black Les Paul. The White Falcon is something totally opposite, but the black beauty, yes. I saw, uh, like when I was 10, 11, around that time. That influenced me a lot, be it not the music so much, although the rock and roll of the Tillman Brothers was, of course, appealed to me more than the guitar player from the Netherlands married to the Empress. I think she was called Soraya, and his name was Van Wood. His Dutch name was Van Houten. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he called himself Van Wood because that sounded more international, I guess. Right. On his White Falcon, uh-huh. or Wild Falcon. In those days, I guess. <laughs> you play the guitar, of course. You mentioned that you play the accordion. I know you also play the lute. Which was the first instrument you played, and how old were you? Well, I started out on, on accordion, as I said, five, six, like uh, just, uh, you know, uh-huh. first uh, first audio typist. You know, guitar I learned from the blacksmith because my father just bought me a brand new accordion, which was very expensive. And the guitar I had from the blacksmith was something like 10, 10 quid, something. Uh-huh. I, I fell in love straight away with that instrument, so my old man was pretty sick with that. I guess that's understandable, but you were born to the guitar, Jan, as listeners will readily agree as they listen to your sweet one.
What can you tell me of your musical journey? As a young kid, the only thing I wanted was to, with a guitar under my arm, you know, traveling the world, which I meant fairly well. That you had to be famous for that, I didn't know. You know, you don't think about these things. And once you're famous, uh, there's a lot of spirits coming out of the bottle, so to speak. Right. But uh, that's mainly the, the, the main thing. I wanted to travel the world with a guitar under my arm. Yes. Yeah. Is that a nice impression? Or? <laughs> I think yes, so. yes, of course, because <laughs> I, unfortunately, I cannot play any instrument, but I certainly wanted to travel back in the 60s. Eight years. The only thing I wanted is travel the world with a guitar. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you uh, want to travel too? Oh. And how did you manage? Thinking back the same age as you, I guess when I was about eight and I ran away from home. Yes. I left a note outside the kitchen. My mum and dad were in the kitchen. I left a note outside the kitchen door telling them that I'd run away. And I got to the bus stop and I was waiting for a bus. And I thought, oh no, I've still got my slippers on and the bus driver won't allow me on the bus in my slippers. And so I went back home, hoping desperately that my parents hadn't seen the notes, but they had. That was the first of many times that I I ran away from home. But unfortunately, I, I never got very far. We had a folk singer over here in the 60s, Donovan. I don't know if you're aware of him. Donovan, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he had a record. His first record was Catch the Wind. Let's hear that now. Hi there. How you all doing then? In the chilly hours and minutes of uncertainty, I want to be in the warm hold of your loving mind. To feel you all around me and to take your hand. Along the sand Ah, but I may as well Try and catch the wind When sundown Pales the sky I wanna hide a while Behind your smile And everywhere I'd look your eyes at fine for me to love you now would be the sweetest thing it would make me sing ah, but I may as well try and catch the wind Ya da da da, ya da da, ya da da. 
I believe so. I think he's living on an island off the Scottish coast, and he does tour occasionally. But he started in a small club in my hometown. He was always saying about uh, just the open road that really captured my imagination, but I never quite had the courage to join him. Nice. I even wrote a song about it, too, in the time, at the Focus Days. Uh-huh. I wrote a song, song of the open world. I was asking about your musical journey. At what point did you meet Thijs van Leer? Was that a pivotal point in your career? Well, I think there has been a lot of difficulties, but not undoable or not to overcome. I, uh, I like struggle, because without struggle, there's no victory. Uh-huh. Somehow, it's, uh, I was in a band before folk, this is called the uh, Brain Bar, and oh. they were pretty, pretty famous, we even did, did England, uh, Speak Easy in the, uh, those days, when I was still around in London. Let's listen to a Brain Box number now, with Tom Barlage on flute and Jan Ackerman on guitar, Dark Rose. Oh, oh, oh. 
But the, um, Fenbeer was in a cabaret group called uh, Chaffee Santon. He was a very, very gifted artist, very gifted composer. And he kept knocking at my door every day on my doorstep. Jan, you should start playing with Thijs Fenbeer. That will be world famous. Well, he was right, you know, of course. But uh, I decided to do a jam with them. And that was... Um, in a building in Amsterdam was from the CPN, which would be called in Britain the Communistic Communistic Party. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the top floor, they were they gave us for free for to, to rehearse. And I did a jam with uh, with Van Leer and Martijn Dresden, who was the first bass player. 
from the focus group and the drums was Hans Kleuver. And as soon after an hour, the manager of Brainbox came rushing in the door, opened the door and said, you're fired. I said, oh, really? Okay. Because in those days, it wasn't allowed to jam with other people because it was infringing with the uh, exclusivity of the band Brainbox, something right. like that. Yes. So he kicked me, <laughs> kicked me out after nine, nine months, and the only thing that was left was Focus, or the Thais van, uh, van Leer trio, uh-huh. because that's how it was called then. And here is a track from Focus, taken from their album... In and out of focus.
And, uh, well, that's just what uh, they came up with my idea to write a song. It's called House of the King. And uh, that was a huge hit in France, Holland, even the States, I think. It was a, something fake. But anyway, it helped the band to get on the road. It still does. But anyway, we start working for five years. And, but after five years of uh, the in and outs of mechanic, the, 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 the mechanics of stardom shit, I was fed up with uh, the whole uh, scene. So for me, it was at a certain time, at a certain moment in time, I said, no, I, I, this is it. And since then, I'll be on my own, traveling the world with a guitar under my arm, just playing all over the world as, as much and as nice and as good as I can with the most various uh, people, you know, like uh, Mimi King, I played a couple of times with. So how do you balance your public musical journey with all your traveling with your personal life oh that goes very well very very well very pleasant because i like to play and i don't overdo it i'm not uh tours anymore for for years on end like nine ten months i couldn't even do that anymore no 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 it's been very pleasant from the time after focus uh-huh what's been the greatest moment in your musical career there's so many highlights, you know. The one thing I remember that was in the focus time, there was that we played Central Park twice. And at a certain time, I had a solo together with the drama, Pierre Fabien. And suddenly all the lights went out on stage. And around the Central Park, the buildings, all the lights went out. And suddenly the lights went on with focus, spread all over five, six buildings. Uh-huh. That was, that was uh, like, uh, yeah, almost an English mystery play where someone <laughs> suddenly drops down on a rope or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to a young musician just setting out on a musical journey? Find your own way. That worked for me. Not to be a copy. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. And if you be one, be a good one. Right. Where do you get most of the inspiration for your music? It's 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 just a, a, a situation, or which I recall from, from from long ago, or you know, it's a it's a sort of organic procedure, no, no, any any it, like that, anything like that. Right. It's an organic thing, like a farmer searching for root in the ground, you know. And does that come easy? No, nothing comes easy. Right. Where did you learn to play? Streets. Right. Yeah, streets. Amsterdam, Dam Square, uh, accordion or a cafe. There was a great virtuoso guy called Johnny Mayer in Holland. And uh, this guy is genius, absolutely genius. Only watching and, and listening. But also the Gypsy Cat took accordion lessons from, from guys there called Tapro. And uh, got acquainted with Django, of course, first uh, guitar Hero of mine. Younger really. Reinhardt. Yes, of course. Uh-huh. That's, uh, for some reason, never bores me. Uh-huh. A lot of other guitar and and West Montgomery, a step higher, but he's the first one who took it a step higher. Yes. Well, and I did my thing uh, in the in the uh, rock world. I was focused. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's actually jazz chords, like Django played them, but then this guy started to yodel and said, hey, keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> 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 
And I'm glad he did, otherwise this stupid guitar player of mine never would have uh, appealed. Would, never would have been noticed, let's put it that way. It's a great piece of music, but I must admit the, the yodeling really is what clinched it, yes. It was so off the wall that uh, <laughs> it had to be become a hit, because otherwise, you know, I could could feel it on my clubs that that, that would happen. <laughs> <laughs> so was that planned, or did he just start... I'm still wondering about that. That's a good question. He said, anyway, he started doing that yodel. I said, hey, man, you keep doing that. <laughs> because in those days, I was really uh, into Frank Zappa. I liked Frank a lot. Uh-huh. I liked his compositions. I liked uh, everything he did. But listen, also a lot to Miles, Django, of course, and classic. Right. And for me, it was all. That's the fusion stuff I like. Uh-huh. Like classic, rock, R&B, whatever you want to call it. As long as it works. And it certainly does work, Jan. In a moment, I'll ask you to close with that title, Hocus Pocus. But first, I want to thank you for spending this time with us over the last hour. And I want to thank you, our listeners, because it's you that make it all worthwhile. And now, please, Jan, if we can hear Focus with Hocus Pocus. (laughs) 